The Freebuy Super Series is back. From August 28th to September 6th, America's Card Room will host the Freebuy Super Series 2, where you can compete for your share of $150,000 guaranteed prize pool absolutely free. Every one of the 57 events in the Freebuy Super Series is free to enter with guaranteed prize pools starting at $500 and spiral all the way up to the $20,000 main event. Where else can you win a share of $150,000 prize pools without spending a penny? Visit americascardroom.com today. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 52 on the oneouter.com podcast sponsored by americascardroom.com. If you want to get 27% rate back, simply sign up for your account by clicking on one of the America's Cardroom ads on oneouter.com homepage. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode of Ask Alex and all other previous episodes and all other interviews with poker players are available on the oneouter.com website and via iTunes for free. Just search for the One Outer podcast. Alex, after that long-winded intro, how are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm tired, though. It's uh, We're going to 7 this morning in Costa Rica to do this podcast because we have to... Uh, we're putting so many together now, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm uh, still waking up, everybody. Okay, well we'll we'll sort of ease you in gradually. Nah, nah, you, you can just scream and get me awake. Yeah, It'll be yeah, like, like, what is your name? <laughs> yeah, what, is your, what is what is your number? Yeah. So uh, what's been happening on the week? Uh, it's a good way to start the show. Any any drama? Any anything happening on Twitch? Any runs, etc. What's happening? Uh, you know, uh, actually, last week's been pretty quiet. I, uh, I mean, I don't want to say quiet because my life is always gloriously insane, but it's, it's a fun kind of insane. Now, I have a good, I have a good news schedule. Like, I, I'm always like trying to find the schedule where I can get everything in that I want to get in, and I, I just never could find it because the hours just kind of don't line up. Uh, like my, like for instance, my business has to operate on like hours that are like good for Europeans, right? Like I can't, you know, I can't be doing lessons at 7 p.m. my time as convenient as that would be because that's like four in the morning for you guys. So yeah. it just doesn't really work. So I always have to do that at like the, around like afternoon and whatnot. But that means like I miss like the dot com sites, uh, it, the like poker stars tournaments and all that. And then finally lately I've been like, you know what? I don't give a crap if I miss the poker stars tournaments, man. I mean, on America's card room, they pay 22% for first on, uh, uh, on poker stars. It's like 12 or 10 someday. I mean, it's not 10, yeah. but like, it's literally 12%. Right. And essentially what poker stars does is they reward people that do nothing but sit at their computer and grind. Right. This is really bad for the recreational player. Because the recreational player wants to win, you know, they want to get a little lucky and then win a tournament and actually have some money, you know what I mean, yeah. buy a car or something. And then, like, it's bad for a guy like me who is, like, you know, like, I, I've, I've done better than just poker, so I have other business interests, but I don't have 60 hours a week to grind tournaments anymore. And then I was like, wait a minute, you know, I'll, I'll just play in America's card room because it's, like, 5 p.m. on here, American time. Uh, which is coincidentally uh, Costa Rican time. And like uh, the tournaments are really soft. I see people like toss off chips all the time. And like even like 2-4 no limit hold them. Like the, there's definitely like good players at that limit, but it's not like uh, it's not like some of these sites where it's just like cyborgs that do nothing but sit all day and yeah. like rake race. I mean, people will still spew off stacks if they think. Uh, it's just like trying to get water out of a rock when you're trying to get money uh, from some of these people. So it's like the action's good. It's good at the hours I want. So what I've been doing is I, I, w I wake up like 7 to 9. I do all my business work. I do a couple lessons. Uh, I get done at about like 2. I take a bit of a break. I mean, I, I have lunch. That's a break. Then at like 2, maybe I have a bit of a break. And then uh, I come back. I write a couple hours. And then that's been really good because I haven't, it's been really hard to find the time to write with everything going on. And then, you know, I take a, I take a bit of a break and then like at five or 6 PM I come and I play uh poker for two to four hours. 
then you know I'm kind of I'm done for the day. It's definitely a long day, but it feels good to, you know, it feels good to be like getting so much done. And yeah, when I I can work this much in one day, I can actually take two days off. Whereas before, when I was just subsisting off of, you know, I, I, all the I, all day, it's a really bad American habit to go like, you know, every five seconds. Sorry about that, guys. But there, uh, I find myself doing it as well, but I don't say it in like the accent. It's just like, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly. You know, and said, you know, <laughs> I used to like growing up, I used to say, you know what I'm saying. And then, like, when I moved to Malta, uh, like, uh, I was on a date with a girl and I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then, like, she had never heard that before. So she just really thought I thought she was stupid, right? And she was like, yes, I know what you are saying, right? Like, over and over again. Then I finally realized, yeah, that's kind of a weird thing to say over and over again, right? But, uh, yeah, it, uh, but uh, I used to just, like, subsist off, the, like, the lessons and all that work. And that that's pretty cool. But, uh it was really hard to find the time to play or right now I finally have this balance. It's been pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, we had, uh, the webinar for MTT market last week that went off really well. That was way more work than I thought it would be. <laughs> I was like, send me your guys's like relevant notes and I'll make a webinar. And they, you know, the Russians of course are so copious in their workloads. They sent me 14 <laughs> pages, single space with attached Excel sheets and I was like, nice, yeah. So it, I ended up, you know, I'm I'm a kind of guy. I was like, I gave a price. I don't really want to go back. Actually, we were talking about this before the show. We were talking. We were dealing with mechanics. It's like no mechanic in the history of man has ever come back and went, hey, it was actually uh, four hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, like I I don't want to be that guy. It's like, yeah, I, I gave you this price, but it's actually this. And I was like, ah, oh, they're a good company. You know, I'll give them. You know, I'll work a little harder for them this time, show them I actually mean business. And then, you know, in the future, you know, what, well, you know, we'll figure it out. And that, that went off pretty well. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, I, I've been doing pretty well at cash uh, every night. Uh, Sunday was pretty, Sunday was pretty like gut wrenching. I got like three outed twice to miss the Sunday major final table again on America's Card Room. That's like the second time that's happened. Actually, the first time I just kind of played like an ass clown. This time I got really unlucky. Uh, and uh, I stone bubbled a Punta Cana package. Uh, like, you know, like first was like all inclusive paid trip to the Dominican Republic, which I've always wanted to see. Uh, and then I and like second was like $700. So it's like first is like 4.9K, second is 700. So there's a. It's like a 4.2K heads up, right? And, yeah, I, I I made some plays I didn't really like in retrospect. I'm pretty sure most pros would have done the exact same thing. But I know if I was really on, I would have played it different. And it, it, the truth is I'm just not on all the time. I was I was at the end of a 10-hour day. I, 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 got, I got the heads up with the chip lead and, like, just, you know, it was like – it was like I flopped top pair. He had an over pair heads up with like 30x stacks. There's not really a whole lot you can do with that. And then I had a pair. I had threes. He had nines when the stacks were like 20x, and it's like good game. But it's a, I, I got like I got gutted for like 70, 80 percent of my chips like eight hmm. times in that tournament. I still got heads up with the chip lead, and I was like, how good and bad do I have to be to do this? Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I I really have a nice mix. But that was a. That was a pretty good show for like the Twitch viewers and people have really been enjoying it. And uh, I stopped, I stopped like participating in the chat as much in Twitch. Uh, just, I kind of like let the people talk about the hands, you know what I mean? And then yeah. I, I come in for like the final tables or whatever. And I turn it on subscribers only. And the subscribers magically people who have money to spend on their poker training tend to be pretty mature people. Uh, uh -huh. people who are getting stuff for free seem to be pretty ungrateful and they're, uh, it, 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 it's been, it's been much better. Sorry if I stuttered there for a second, there, there was something that like just came across, but they're, uh, yeah, you know, it's been pretty good. And then I've been hanging out at like independent cinemas in Costa Rica, like on my off hours and being a hipster sipping, nice. sipping espressos with all the other <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a lot of hipsters in that area. They look at me, you know, like big, like big American, like, you know what I mean? And then 
I don't know. They give me a look like when I go into the theater, like you're not going to be able to understand it. this. The subtitles are in Spanish. And it's like, yeah, believe it or not, Americans can learn other languages. Like we can, we're get, we're picking up on that that department. You know, we realize we got to diversify. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty cool, man. You know, crushing arcades around here and all nice. all that stuff. Yeah, I go to arcades on my day off because apparently I'm not playing enough games. But yeah, I gave you way bigger of a recap than I meant to. But yeah, I mean it's good. It's good. Yeah, life's good, man. I'm feeling I'm feeling it. And okay. I got 10 days before I'm back in the States again to play another WPT, so, you know, now's the time to get it in. That's it. Well, um, what was interesting that you touched on it about playing on America's Cadron rather than Stars and stuff, I think even when I was playing um, more, there was sort of like a almost a laziness about just loading up Stars and, like, you know you're going to get a game instantly and wherever it is and you know, throwing in this tournament, that tournament, and whatever, and just the software yeah. was, I've not played obviously, it was great, and stuff like that, but the, when, I know you're working on a webinar, like how to actually make money in poker and stuff, like, I don't know what the title is, but I know you've put it back a little bit, because you've been, like, snowed under with other stuff, Right. but is that something you'll, like, touch on, and that, like, how people need to sort of really play on these other networks and stuff, because it does all come down to, like, money at the yeah, end yeah. Of the day. No, that's a big... Like you're saying, if you're playing for first and you're getting 18 or 20% of the prize pool rather than 11 or 12, then that's huge over so many games. Yeah, you, you know? can brick another 60 tournaments and be fine compared to if you won in stars. And then there... Yeah, I, and a lot of us, like, MTTers are really good at, like, finishing first. That's, like, how we train because poker stars used to be that way, especially, like, the American... Uh, the Americans that came up in like 2006, 2008, 2010, that's how it was. And uh, Full Tilt was very much that way. And that's my best site. That's, I, I think Full Tilt, something like I had 3,000 3, games played in 400K profit. Whereas uh-huh. on Poker Stars, it's like 20K games played. And like, I'm lucky if it's 200K. I, I, I think it could be way less than that. And, you know, it, ju- it just goes to show you those like first place finishes mean a lot you know like if there's a lot of buy-ins in it it really goes a lot to like the guy who's really trained to become to finish first and if there's all the buy-ins are spread apart spread out along this really flat play structure well that uh, pay structure that rewards mediocrity and that's poker star's whole game is rewarding mediocrity they want everybody to get their buying back and a slap on the ass and go rake yourself again you know and they uh uh, that that's really it, I raise a lot of different ROIs. They bring me in to consult for like every different stable, and like the first thing I do is just put them on other networks. It doesn't have to be America's Card Room. In fact, for the Europeans, that's not really practical because you know it's like three, four in the morning or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. like you know, you put them on Eye Poker, they do a lot better. You put them on Eight 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 is not quite as good, but it's pretty good. Uh, I, is some of the structures and software problems with 888 are pretty difficult, but yeah, like uh, I had a I, I had a guy's horse who's just playing on stars and he was just hemorrhaging money, right? And then five months ago, I was like, look, like poker stars is like crap for you. It's not you're a bad player. It's just like you know what I mean. It, you're a very like uh, you're not like just this boring ass grinder who men cashes all the time. You usually get like big scores or you don't get much of anything, right? Let's put you on a site that uh let's put you on a site that actually rewards you for not like passively playing 16 tables but actually paying attention to each situation and taking a few more uh higher variant shots but like actual like plus EV shots. And you know, I put them on like micro 365 and stuff like that. America's card room and we got him on eye poker and we got him. It was a lot easier because he was Costa Rican. So you could get him on a lot of different networks. Guy hasn't had a downswing since like literally mm. he's not even running good. Like he's not like he hasn't, he's final table, like 20 tournaments, like where first place is like 10, 20 K and like, he just goes out horrifically in like seventh or eighth every time, but there's more buy-ins at that final table. So he can subsist and he can keep going. Whereas I know guys who, like, have 27th, 8th, 9th place finishes in a row on poker stars, and they're down $120,000. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, yeah. And it's like, 
they, you know, they bring me in and they're like, oh, this guy did so much for our stable. I'm like, well, you know, like I've said this a thousand times, it is just about getting on smaller networks and that rake back is a really big deal. And a lot of sites like don't even give you that anymore. And it's like, it's really cool. America's card room still gives you that 27% rake back because a lot of guys like think uh, my money came from like those flashy EPT finishes and stuff. No, a lot of my money came from like, uh, a lot of my money came from like cake poker when they first started and they had, yeah. I believe it was 27% rake back, but the games were really good. And it was, it was a lot like America's card room. Now there's just, you know, there's random people that sit down and, uh, oh, I mean like yesterday I, I, I was playing heads up cash and there was a, I, I felt bad for this guy, but this guy sat down with like, I think it was like $120 and he was like limping the button and then like calling raises out of position and stuff like that. And that $120 was mine like very quickly. And then like, you know, and he reloaded, then he quit again. And then he, and it, it was like, I can't remember the last time I saw this on the dot com sites. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're playing games like that. You want to play a lot. And then at the end of the month, it's like, Holy crap. Like check out this check, man. Like this is yeah. like a thousand to a thousand dollars. And and if you're living below your means, like I've really worked hard to like get my like, finances like to the point where you know I can save a lot of money and like my expenses each month are pretty low even at, you know I try to get real bang for the buck here in Costa Rica it's like sometimes my rake back check just pays all my bills then like everything I everything I've earned that month just can go into savings or like going to another live tournament or stuff and this is how when I was 19 years old 20 years old, I got to play the EPT full time. It wasn't like, it, it, yeah, it is just like playing on these small sites and right back, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, you any idea when that webinar is coming out for people listening? So we did touch on it a few weeks ago. Though. No idea, man. I got a, no it's a, you know, I got a, I got a couple ideas going now. Like the more I, I'm studying a lot of poker players right now and like we're finding, like, like every guy who just works hard is making money. And like, I want to make something about like making money and how you don't need talent. Man, like I'm bringing in some outside people on it. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, you know, like people like getting their psychology degrees and uh, are people who have them. And, you know, obviously their researchers are, uh, just getting them right because they're, they're students or whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm bringing in my, uh, mental coach, John Wood, who's done like wonders for me and you know, it, it's become a much more convoluted process than I thought it would be. But yeah, yeah. we're definitely, uh, it, it's definitely in the works where I, I just, I think this one, it, I, I was going to do like a very quick webinar and then I just really felt like the concept deserved more than that. So yeah. we're, uh, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to bang it out right now. And, uh, yeah, should be, should be, uh, when I have more info, I'll let y'all know. We'll do We'll uh, actually probably by the next, uh, probably in a couple one outer episodes, we'll have an announcement on that front. Okay, cool. Um, all right, we'll get right into the questions then. Um, this first one is anonymous from anonymous, and it's I really struggle with making moves. I find myself getting deep in tournaments than just playing the cards rather than the situations and the players. I'm not playing over my bankroll. I just sort of freeze up and don't want to blow my chance making some stupid move. Um, any help? No, that's actually a pretty good impulse because, like, my impulse when I was young was, like, I, I just, like, internally I felt like I wasn't good enough. Like, you know, it, like, there's a reason most people who win poker tournaments are narcissists. And it's not because, like, I mean, they become more so when they win the tournament, but a lot of guys will just do what they think is right if, like, you know, mommy and daddy told them you're special every single day and they have, like, an undeserved sense of self-worth, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, yeah. honestly, I think, like, I would never want that, like, in a million years because I see these people, like, flame out after their big win because, you know, they're special and now they're really special, so they deserve to play 100Ks and stuff, you know? But, uh... I, I, there's a reason those guys win tournaments and there's a reason like a lot of guys like from bad socioeconomic backgrounds don't. It's like you, if you've been told like through your situation or through actual people telling you you're not good enough every single day of your life, you get deep in these tournaments and you go, I'm not good enough to win this. I got to start doing something different than what I normally do. And then you start doing these desperate moves and you take yourself out of 
seven or eight tournaments. Uh, it, it, like when you're like really deep in like those 10Ks and then, then you figure stuff out. But that, that's like a lot of opportunities down the drain. What you have is actually a better impulse, which is just if I don't really know what I'm doing, I'm not going to like get out of the hand. And it's like there's a lot of guys that have made a lot of money playing a very boring style, whereas guys that just like throw off their chips like needlessly, they might get that one big win, but they tend to go broke pretty quick eventually. The way you're going to come over, uh, the way you're going to get over this is you're going to really focus on like your study and you're going to make sure you know your plays like inside and out. There's a lot of times like on my Twitch stream, people see me do plays that like look nuts. Like I triple barrel a lot than most, a lot more than most. Uh, uh, I, I triple barrel a lot more than most of uh, my students. I come over the top a, a lot more. I cold four bet a lot more, but like I've done the math so much. I know why these plays need to work. I know why I, I know what it takes to make them work and I see it happening. So I have much more confidence in that, you know, it looks like making a move like, Ooh, it's a big deal. Right. But to me, it's just simple mathematics. And it's more like if I don't put my chips in here, I'm losing money. So that gives you a real like relaxed nature about it. And that that's intimidating to people. The, the fact that you just know that's the right move. So go out, uh, go out and like get as much poker literature as you can uh, from people. I'd really recommend you check out like ape styles stuff. I'd re I think he's the best MTT -er ever. Uh, and he does videos for like card runners. I, I do videos for card runners. That's your cheapest option. You can use promo code free month all capital letters, and then you'll get two months access to 2,000 plus videos for $30. But, you know, we, we talk about the big moves in my webinars too, like check raising is in that's a check raise fool. Donk leading and firing multiple streets is in dissecting the donk that uh, bigger like over jams and like bluffing people turn in river. Ape Styles was kind enough to do a webinar why Ape Styles is right. And he showed us like why he does his bigger bluffs. And he really broke it down. And once, you know, you have somebody as knowledgeable as uh, Ape Styles, like, break down a bluff for you, it seems really easy. It's, like, it, it's very, very, like, oh, okay, now this all makes sense. I won't be as scared. And that's the stuff you're kind of looking for. You just, um, for putting my sort of uh, thing through, like, just the, the best way I could say is what Alex said there about, trust in the math, like a real simple sort of explanation of that, or example rather, would be like when you first started playing, you know, maybe you would sit scared and blind out, you know, bl just sort of like blind yourself out the tournament or whatever, like waiting on some decent hand. And then once it was explained to you that like, right, okay, 10 big blinds or more, you do this and you shove that. Once you start applying that, then you see like, you, you got better results or you, you know, got further in the tournaments and stuff like that. So that just all comes down to the maths as well, isn't it, Alex? So like you yeah. say, once you know the maths, it's just trusting that, you know, and that's what I learned when I got my lesson from Alex, you know, it was working out um, the, the, the sort of maths and the percentage of how many times this needs to work, etc., for it to be profitable. So yeah, just think that anytime you want to make a move or that. I mean, don't just for the sake of it, like, you know, Alex is saying, but if you've studied the numbers and the maths, then it's just the same as getting down to your 10 big blinds or whatever and going, okay, I can shove in this spot with that and it's profitable sort of thing. So, whereas when you first started playing, the idea of shoving 10 big blinds with anything less than, I don't know, Ace Jack or something would have seemed alien, you know? So, yeah, yeah. yeah just think of it like that. Uh, okay, we'll go to the next question. And the next question is from... Uh, take it, this guy's Alejandro. Must be Spanish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alejandro. Um, okay, uh, he's got. Hello. Can you talk about floating in and out of position? What should I be consider? Uh, what should I consider and think about? Thanks so much. Uh, you got someone about to drive through your living room. I heard a, a car. Uh -huh. Uh, it was like, I've never heard background noise on your end, so I was like, "Oh, thank God, that wasn't me this time." Well, but, there's a being a car alarm going off or a shop alarm going off for the last two <laughs> nights. 
So I'm hoping it doesn't happen. I'm sure it happens later on at like 7 o'clock. It's really annoying. There's, but, one, there's one guy in my neighborhood who refuses to pl- pay our security guards. Our security guards cost like, in this neighborhood, everybody like chips in like 40 bucks a month. And the guy ends up making an insanely good salary for Costa Rica. And then he's just hyper vigilant, right? And like uh-huh. he's just always like, chat, you know, walking up and down the streets. He knows everything that goes in and out right this one neighbor of mine just refuses to pay the 40 bucks and like he has an alarm that goes off i i i don't know like if there's a flutter of a hummingbird 70 yards away off of the glint of a sun ray in a tree it just flies off and it it was i finally you know we talked to him about it and he cut it down but yeah it's weird. You said the last two nights. The last two nights, it's been going off, and it's been the first time in months. And you know, I had to. I almost, you know, I gave him the look like I really do not want to talk about this right. And then it, 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 it's seven sensitivity went down. Um, I float. Uh, I float quite a bit, but there's really, uh, there's really usually good reasons for it. One is just looking at the continuation bet numbers. If you look at flop continuation bet and turn continuation bet. Uh, you can usually get a big picture of when the person gets honest. So one that's really basic is let's say the person's flop continuation bet is 80% and the turn continuation bet is like 29 or something like that. Well, you have a hand about 33% of the time uh, on any turn. And uh, so essentially, like if the guy's betting a little less than that, that means he usually bets just his good hands. So that's about the time he gets honest. Now, the hands you want to float with, uh, in that situation, it's really good to call the flop because if he's betting almost all the time, he probably doesn't have anything most of the time. Then when he checks on that turn, he's probably checking to give up most of the time, especially like with no caddy. It's really cool now. You can take a look at like what the guy double barrels. And if you just see every double barrel is like a solid hand, or if it's like even a mediocre like made and like second pair or something, and it's never a draw, you just know the guy, or it's never a draw or it's never a bluff. You just know the guy like check gives up on the turn. So you want to float this guy a little more. Now, what boards and hands you want to float with are typically when if you raise, you're not really representing much. So let's say you have like king, jack of diamonds, and the board is like 10 of clubs, four of diamonds, five of hearts this is a great board to flat because like if you raise that rainbow board you're representing like six seven or a set uh especially if you flatted pre-flop it's really hard to represent like an over pair so a lot of times if you're playing against a good opponent and you raise there he's going to be suspicious because your value range is so narrow and he might just put in a little three bet to see what you do if you call there though a turn nine jack queen king diamond all of these are good cards for you and give you additional equity. So even if, uh, even if the guy does double barrel, if he doesn't double barrel that big, you could possibly peel again if you hit like uh, a decent holding. So like calling and seeing the turn is, uh, is pretty, is pretty uh, fundamental there, fundamentally helpful. The calling out a position as a float is something I think – it's one of these sexy moves everybody wants to do that I think is like really overrated. I think like check raising and barreling down with uh, dog bets is way more effective. But there's definitely times like uh, let's say the board comes like you flat out a position with like king queen offsuit, and the board comes like jack five four. It's like well a turn ten nine king queen is a decent card for you. You might even have backdoor flush draws right. So it may be the stacks are just really bad for a check raise bluff uh, because uh, maybe they're just really bad for a check raise bluff because on the turn you're just going to get shut out of the pot because you're short stacked. So it really doesn't matter what equity you pick up on the turn if there's no chance of you being able to realize it on the river. So if you see if you see the guy fire his flop and turn like his uh, on his uh, continuation bet statistics, I'd really recommend you donk lead there which is what I do about 70% of the time. If you see the guy like never fires the turn though, and it's full to bet on the river, 
uh, is, you know, it's honest. It's like 50 or 60%. You might want to check Calder because you're probably going to get to see all the final seven cards that were allotted to you in this particular instance. And, you know, it really helps you. It, it really helps you get called when you have like a pair there because you check call and then like you check through the turn and then you fire the river to get him to fold his ace highs in baby pairs. And even if he looks you up, it's like, oh, he can out of position float. And then you start getting some goofy calls uh, the next time you do flop top pair. And you don't have to do that out of position float if you don't want to again. So, yeah, I uh, hope this has helped you, Alejandro. Buena suerte, Mike. Uh, my is like dude in Costa Rica, but I think it means like stupid person in other uh, <laughs> in other Spanish. Uh, uh, we hope you're from Costa Rica. Dialects. Yeah, uh, so uh, my bad, Alejandro. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, buena suerte, tío. If you're from uh, if you're from Spain, and I forget the other ones. A- in Mexico, they call you mother effer as like a term of endearment, so I'm not going to say that one In, in Scotland, uh, cheers, mate. All right, there you go. <laughs> yeah, 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 cheers, mate. Yeah, we'll give you cheers. Mate. Give you cheers. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question is from Clive. Um, I'm a mid-stakes winning MTT player. Recently, I've been playing two or three $200 MTTs on Sunday rather than 10 or so $40 ones. I know variance will be greater, but I feel I'm playing better and focusing more. What are your thoughts on this? I'd really sell uh, some percentages here. Uh, if we're going to have our, a webinar, be sure to check out my uh, Twitter at The Assassinato or uh, Facebook.com slash Assassinato, and I'll be re- releasing the, the recording of this webinar I did with MTT Market. But essentially what we proved is like if you're selling pieces with a markup, like, if you do the math, there's sometimes, like, we had a guy, like, selling 60% of his action with a slight markup. And for those of you who don't know, a markup is, like, let's say you want to buy 10% of my main event, right? And uh, obviously $1,000 would be that action straight up. But I, I go, hey, you know, ten, the main event in my hands is worth a lot more. Uh, it, your your money is worth a lot more in my hands than it would be in somebody else's hands, so I need to be compensated. So the markup's like, let's say, 1.2. That means you've got to pay me $1,200 for 10% of my action, and then I just pocket the $200, and then you have 10% on me, right? Now, as you can imagine, this is a dream scenario for many people because you just get to pocket money, and then regardless of whatever happens, this is also easier for the backers, especially... The backers are taking on more risk, but if you have like, if you're like me and I'm really interested in, I'm really looking forward to working with MTT market because like, like, let's say like, I know a lot of the profit is in like $20 and $50 MTTs, right? But I do not have the time to play them, but I would like to pay you a fee to play them for me especially if I've reviewed your game, reviewed your database, and I know you are playing the way I would like someone to play in these stakes. This is fine for me, and I can accept the risk, right? Because I, you know, even though I'm not loaded, I can, you know, I can deal with losing uh, a few hundred dollars, thousands of dollars, right? And I can't deal with that. But if you're like a starting reg, uh, if you, you know, just being able to pocket a little money, uh, we we had this example. Sorry, I cut this off, but we had the guy selling like 60% of himself at like a 1.18 markup, and then we gave him an ROI of like negative 10%, right? Which, mm-hmm. by the way, is not even that tremendous in MTTs. Uh, like losing months are really likely. There's a it, there's a lot of. I mean, we were doing it on PokerDope.com, which is like a graph site which will show you like your average variance and we had this guy even with like a decent ROI was like losing three months out of ten right to protect against that he sells 60% of his action with a markup lo and behold he has one of these negative ROI months and guess what he still turns a profit (laughs) he still made like two thousand dollars playing like fifty dollar MTTs because he played enough he sold enough at markup and he pocketed it now the backer, you know, the backer took most of the risk and lost uh, a decent chunk, but 
the backer is playing the long game, right? He's playing the entire field. So he has three guys out of 10 losing, but seven guys out of 10 winning. So he's doing fine. Right. Yeah. And the, the, the individual back, he is giving up a bit on the top end. It, it, we found out it was about, he gives away about 10% of his expectation, but there's like, it's like three ten times less likely he'll have a losing month, which is extremely important when you have, you know, like children or a house payment or something like that. Now, if you want to let it ride, homie, I feel you. But like, it, if you're trying to make a living out of this, uh, I would sell you, you like the Sunday Million. You can play the Sunday Million every Sunday for 10 years and there's still a 50% chance you will not show a profit, even if you're a plus R, uh, plus EV player. Uh, even if that, that was like a decent ROI player, still 50% chance you'll be negative because there's no analogous tournaments. Like an average field size of 1,000 plus sends your variance to hell. This is a variant. This is seven times that, okay? Yeah. And the structure is pretty garbage when you get deep. I finished in the final hundred of the Sunday Million, I think like 20-something times, and I've only final tabled once. There is not any other online tournament like that on Earth that, that has happened to me. If you put me in the final hundred 20 times in any other tournament on Earth, I'm going to find that final table way more than once. And, it, you know, it's just because you, you, know, you have like 12x like always deep in that tournament. So... I would just start pocketing some cash and start selling some pieces. And uh, I, MTT Market and Two Cards College is, in my experience, the best play to, place to do that. They have a really cool system, too, where they'll analyze your hand histories. So, like, let's say you don't have tremendous results, but, like, your database shows, like, hey, this guy plays pretty well from each position, right? Now you have a bit of a recommendation, and people are going to start throwing some money down on you. And maybe you're, like... It, maybe you're doing well, but you know something's up. Their database tool will like tell you, here's where your problem is. This is where you need to start fixing it up, right? And then, you know, if, by the way, if you document you saw that leak, then you fixed it up, every backer is going to go, huh, well, this is interesting. You know, maybe I want to throw a little money down on this guy. And it, it's cool because there's not many businesses on earth where like everybody wins, where it's like, I think I want to think that most people who play poker recreationally get a lot out of it. And I mean, we get to see this in Vegas. They're like, you know, we get to meet like, you know, like doctors and dentists and people, by the way, dentists have more money than anyone on earth, apparently, mm -hmm. according to my database at the world series of poker. But like they're, uh, they, they, it, we play with a lot of professionals. They seem to be, I mean, non-professionals, they seem to be having fun. Uh, the small-time professional seems to make decent money if he, can sell, uh, if he can sell his pieces at any kind of markup. And the backer gets money because, like, a guy like me just can't play tournaments as much. And there's a lot of guys like me who want to invest in people and have enough, uh, have enough know-how to know, like, a good horse and a bad one, but at the same time don't have the time to, like, do the paperwork for, like, a full-time horse. And, like, NTT Market, like, puts all that stuff together. It used to be done through sites like Part-Time Poker and stuff like that, but, like, this is so much more professional and, like, the tools afforded are way crazier. And if you want to get in their school, like, they'll negotiate to, like, sell prices for you. They take, uh, they take money off of what you sell because, obviously, they're arranging everything for it. But in return, you get, like, there, there's, like, individual coaching group lessons there's webinars with guys like me and ape styles and like it, it's you get a you get entered into a school for poker and they're also negotiating to like get you in action they've had 150 players and none of them have lost money it's like it's pretty in their russian side they just opened up the english side like it's pretty tremendous it's a it, I, I really, I think that would be a good option for you. And keep on the lookout for that webinar. That's just, uh, that's, it's essentially me two hours of explaining like the new options that are afforded. Uh, there's so many opportunities for guys just coming into poker now. It's incredible. And that webinar really explores a lot of them. So yeah, check it out once it comes out.
Cool. Um, okay, the last question is from Sean Connor. Nice. Um, he's, he's emailed him before, and he posts uh, this one on the Facebook group. And, yeah, we always think Sean Connor. Yeah, 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 it's pretty easy name to remember. Yeah, anyhow. Yeah. Uh, hello, Barry. Can you ask Alex to talk a little bit about the dunk bit? It's always been a play that my game is seriously lacking, and I've always struggled with the what, when, and why of this move. What type of players is this best used against, and what board textures are right for a dunk bit? I'm probably missing loads of good spots to use this, so just looking for a few pointers and situations to look out for. Thanks. For some reason, I thought you said he's looking for a few pints at first. I was like, all right, getting to the point, <laughs> yeah, man. He's, he's, he's maybe looking for that, yeah. I wonder if when he's sauced, if they make him do Sean Connery impressions. <laughs> like, come on, man, you have to. I'm sure you worked on it as a kid, man. Like, but... uh there and our battery wants to like kill people every time they bring it up, but uh, the the donk that I really think is like one of the most like underused plays. So it's right that you're seeking it. Uh, I'm really glad that you're seeking it. If you watch me play on Twitch, like I donk that I would think more than pretty much any other like pro that's on Twitch. But the the textures that are really good for it are like low boards because that I mean like middle boards and low boards because that smacks the collars range, whereas like the high Broadway boards really hit the razors range. So you want to be uh, a bit more careful on those boards. But the hands you typically want to donk lead are hands that are not quite good enough to check raise, too good to check fold, and not really good enough to check call. So, like, a fantastic example of this is, like, the board comes, like, ten of diamonds, five of clubs, three of clubs, and you have nine, eight of diamonds. This is, like, it's not really good enough to check all, especially if the guy, guy's, like, good at double barreling. Because, but, like, on the turn, any turn, seven, jack, nine, eight, to a lesser extent, diamond helps you, and it gives you a lot of equity to fire. So, let's say you fire... I always make my donk leads a little bit bigger than my normal C-bets. Uh, so, like, I'll donk lead, like, two-thirds the size of the pot as opposed to my normal C-bet, which is one-third to half the pot size bet. Two-thirds the size of the pot needs to work about 40% of the time. But if you pick up, like, let's say you pick up an open-ended straight draw and you have eight outs once, uh, that's about a 16% shot. And usually that board I gave you, I, I gave you, I put a flush draw out there for a reason. If it's 10 of diamonds, 5-3 of clubs, and the guy doesn't raise, well, a lot of times people would raise a set of 10s there, a set of 5s there, a set of 3s, even like jacks, queens, kings, aces. So the range is a bit capped. So if you pick up a draw on the turn, you can rest assured that most likely you're going to get to see the river card. He's probably not going to raise you all that often unless he just drilled his set. So... You lead the turn. It needs to work as a complete bluff 40% of the time, but an additional 16% of the time, you make a hand on the river, which means your bet actually only needs to work uh, a quarter of the time, 24% of the time, which is very counterintuitive because people see you like donk leading a pretty big bet, and they think this must need to work all the time. And really, that 24% also assumes like the river gives you the nuts and you just go check. And, like, tell him, like, hey, I have the nuts. Don't bet anything. Any checks. If you get more money, uh, it needs to work even less because your implied odds do make up for more times of failure. And if he ever raises you, obviously, it needs to work more. So that estimate I find, like, really good. This also helps you blend your range. Like, you should lead. Like, if I have a set of fives on that board, I lead it as well. A lot of times with ace-10, I'll lead that board. Because, but it's really important if you donk lead a pair, you go for three streets because your problem out of position is if you check at any point during that hand, you're like waving a white flag. Like um, mm -hmm. you're waving. Uh, <laughs> that's my phone going off. I usually put it on silent. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mr. Fitzgerald. It's because it's charging. Um, there we go. <laughs> It's gone. It's like uh, the iPhone ring. It's like the, I don't know the blues sort of yeah. in Terminator, like back to the bone, isn't it? Uh, really, really, really. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But anyway, it's, it's like, gone. How dare you interrupt me when I'm trying to sound <laughs> smart? 
I've been throwing scrunched up paper at the monitor the whole thing as well. <laughs> the dogs are barking now off of my yell. They're, yeah. uh, that was pretty weird. Man, we just uh, talk about a dumpster fire right now. Anyway, but uh, no, in like uh, if you have like a set there as well, uh, it, you want to be leading. If you have like a baby two pair, that's a great hand to lead because obviously a lot of cards could really counterfeit you and like check raising might make the pot big enough that you're not really going to get away from that. Whereas if you donk lead three times, just top pair is never folding and even some lesser than two, uh, lesser than one pair type hands. And, uh, also, uh, also as far as like opponents, you want to be donk leading versus you want to find a full deceivet. Now, a lot of people go, well, he's, it's a dog bet. It's not a C-bet. Well, the thing is, if the guy doesn't fold the continuation, that's when the other person's the aggressor. He's really unlikely to fold when he, he was the aggressor. He's probably going to get very possessive about that. And uh, I'm about to shoot my poodle. He's like <laughs> super – the Maltese had a puppy, and now they're just like super protective couple. I'm like, what are you going to do? You weigh 3.1 pounds. You know, like, what are you going to do if there's a home intruder? And the worst part is he's deaf now. Like, he has lost some of his hearing. I'm not really sure how, but, like, when he does hear things, he's like, I got to make up for all those times. Like, I let the postman, like, walk right up into my house. And, you know, he's just... But anyhow, uh, going back to donk betting. Yeah, yeah, you get it out of your system? Yeah, you get it out? Thanks, dude. But anyhow, sorry, I talk to my poodle like he understands me, usually on national radio or not on a podcast. Yeah. In, international. International radio, radio yeah. <laughs> but they, uh, uh, you want to really, but also like you have to look at, you have to think about your opponent's range and your range. So going back to that ten five three board, you lead like uh, your three to a straight flush, which has copious outs, right? But when the guy flats you, like, he's telling you he doesn't have a flush draw a lot of the time because a lot of people will not flat flush draws in that situation, especially the nut flush draws. So if they just raise some, like, combo draws and their flush draws with two overcards and their flush draws with the ace overcard, ace high flush draws, that only leaves them a few combinations of flush draws. So if that turn comes a club, uh, you, you're firing a lot more because you want to blend the times you had the club flush into when you don't have it and you should be firing turn and river quite a bit and this also helps you like equalize with like let's say you have like seven five of clubs on that board right uh or not seven five of clubs like six seven of clubs just like a baby flush draw i really don't like check calling that be i don't really like check raising there because if you get three bet you pretty much have to muck if you donk lead to this day, people still are like confounded by it. They don't raise it nearly as much as they should with top pairs. Whereas if you check raise, which honestly is a stronger play, they're like, Oh, he could have a flush draw. I got to get it in with my 10. Uh, so it, there's a real benefit to like donk lead in your flush draw. So you donk lead your small flush draw. And if you get raised, a lot of times you do have to pitch it. If you think the guy isn't bluffing, People really polarize their raising ranges there. If they're kind of like young and pissy, it's like it's usually a lot of crap. So you, it's really good for you because now you can bet three bet jam your flush draw. If it's like more old school reg, they just don't come over the donk bet because they go, this is such a stupid play. Why would anybody do this without a hand? Uh, because it's so obvious he thinks I'm going to raise. So I'm just going to call here. So uh, I would just... Uh, you donk lead there with your club club draws because if you check call and you hit the turn, you have a variety of problems. Do you lead? Well, then it looks exactly like a flush draw that just got there. Do you check raise? Well, everybody and the waitress is going to know you hit your flush. Do you check? Uh, if you check, also there's a possibility he could check behind and the fork fourth uh, the four flush comes on the river and destroys your equity, and uh, you lose a street of value. If you donk lead and you start blending, right? Like you start firing that you start firing that uh, three flush on the turn because you know the guy can't represent it, and you fire it when you actually have it. You'll just see a lot of your opponents like throw their hands up in the air. They're just not used to this, and it's up to you to like 
you know, it's like a game of rock, paper, scissors. You got to really be keyed into like, when is this bluff going to work? When is it not? But if you just fire every time the guy can't have something, you're going to see a lot more folds than you'd expect. And just try to gauge when the person get, is getting pissed and then, you know, turn it into your value combos a little bit more from your dog betting range. But you can get away with a lot more dog bets than you'd expect. And uh, also, don't be afraid to, like, donk lead larger. There's a lot of times, like, I'll have, like, an opponent, like, live who I can tell, like, just really prides himself on not looking stupid. And it's, okay, the board, let's say the board comes, like, 10-4-3 rainbow, and I have 7-6 of hearts. There's not even a heart out there, right? Like, I have, like, a gut shot, but that's it. Uh, if you, uh, the, I love just donk leading 1.2 X here. The bet needs to work like 53% of the time, 54, but, or I, I forget which one I said, but you go one point something a little bit more and it needs to work 50% and change. He's going to miss that board if he raised in late position, like 60, 65% of the time. Furthermore, remember, this is senior. I don't want to look stupid, right? So he knows if he calls with sevens, eights, or nines here, it then folds the turn after he called over a pot size bet, he's going to look stupid. And, you know, he's really trying to look, he's trying to look smart. And right now you're the dumb person because you're doing something that's not in his lexicon of poker plays. And in most of these guys' heads, if you're not doing something they understand, it is not, uh, it is not a quality poker play. That sounds like very like begrudging, but you got to remember, they still like talk about how crappy Phil Hellmuth is. Like they still go like this guy's such a bad player. What is there? Our Negranu with our, there was such a backlash with our analysis of that Negranu hand. They were like, what is there to talk about, dude? He just played it like crap. And it's like to this day, people still like, if I don't understand it, it must be terrible. Right? So if you donk lead over the size of the pot to them, that's just like on a rainbow board and like, not really much of anything makes sense. You're the one who's done something stupid. There's not really anything to invest. But if the guy's, like, really good versus every other play, like, there's some guys there that, like, they're really good versus a check raise. They're really good versus a smaller donk lead. Uh, you don't really want to check fold uh, because you do – your gut shots should figure into your range somehow. Otherwise, you're giving up a little too much when you flat out a position. But you donk lead a little bit bigger there. They usually give up, and when they call, you're fine with giving up. You made your play that needed to work 52% of the time. It was going to work 60. Uh, but if you hit your gut shot, this guy is never folding. Because remember, the dumbest thing he could do is call an over a pot size bet on the flop and then fold the turn. It's going to be party time on turn and river. And when he sees your hand, he is going to remember that till the day he dies. He will never forget that. So every time you flop a set afterwards, you just lead 80 to 120% of the pot and watch this guy just flip out with second pairs. Poker is an amazing game. I love poker. Anyhow, <laughs> anyhow it's uh, uh, You're making me want to play. Yeah, it's, like, it's fun when you actually get to do these plays. When you just sit there for hours, yeah. it's like, uh, you know, it's, eh, eh, this is tough. But, yeah, it's good. Poker's good. Yeah, poker, poker is good. Uh, okay, that was the last question for this show. If you want to get questions in for Alex, then email questions at com or tweet them to at oneouter.com, at O-N-E-O-U-T-E-R-D-O-T-C-O-M, or join the Facebook group, or if you're already in it, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter, and you can just post them anywhere on that page, and they will get read out. We get to them eventually, and they're read out in no particular order. It's just I sort of go in, copy and paste them all from this one uh, document, and if there's a few that are sort of similar, I try and leave them for other shows and things like that. But all questions will always get read out. Even if you sent us in a load of abuse or something, we'd probably read it out. <laughs> we'd probably read it out for a lot for a laugh as well. But touch wood, that's never happened. So uh, it's all all positive uh, mail for you, Alex, and for myself. Thank you. Uh, some someone's got to send crap in now. It's, yeah, it's just someone, got to. Uh, hey man. 
Let me tell yeah. you something about what I think for I one hour. But, but one thing, if you do send that in, I let some people send in questions and say anonymous because they might not want people to know who they are or they, they feel a bit uncomfortable with asking questions that they might perceive it other people will know etc if you do send in abuse it's fine we will read it out but your name will be read out as well so and just remember uh, you have to sleep sometime <laughs> yeah that's it you have to sleep sometime uh okay alex how can people get in touch with you for um in-depth coaching and chats uh be sure to follow me well write me at assassin at com if you got questions about anything uh we talked about today i have a full-time assistant like all he does is sit there and he responds to your guys' emails. Obviously, he does about 70 other things, but since he's at the computer all day, he can like answer your email right when it comes in. Or at worst, it takes us a couple days. Like to if you have a bit more of a complicated question, or if we've had like a lot of stuff flood us for a while. But yeah, we'll always get back to you. Uh, and, you know, if you guys want to hear about any of our other products or if you guys want to talk about the pricing of different things or whatever, just write us an email. Uh, we'll try to hook it up. We always try to get back to all your questions uh, as long as they're reasonable. We got some we, – we get some that it's like it, – I, I, we're not sure if the guy's like insulting us or not. So we try to like get back like very calmly but at the same time – if it's just completely ridiculous, do not expect a response. But, like, if you're clearly trying to make fun of us, you will not make, get a response. But 99% of you will get a response, and it will be timely, and we can tell you about any of the products we have here or anything we brought up during the show. Uh, also, be sure to check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash theassassinato. Uh, all the deals, since you guys support me, I try to support you. Uh, I'm really into business that helps everybody. And, yeah, if you guys want to get any product about anything in poker, be sure to check there first and see if you can buy it through our links. Uh, we can get you discounts on a lot of things if you write us at privately at assassinatorcoachinggmail.com because I know the wholesalers and all that. And, you know, we try to pass the savings on to you. And, yeah, it, there's all the deals are there. That's also – Twitch is a very fun site. There's, like, links to all the, like, battle rap there's links to all the articles, all that stuff's for free, and you can just you just look right under the stream. And oh, by the way, almost nightly now I play poker with all hand, whole cards revealed, and we play, you know, like classic metal albums and like hip hop, and we chill. And sometimes I get on the mic and I do four hours of commentary, and I just teach you for free stuff that used to cost $180 to obtain through card runners is now just there for free. And all you got, if you favorite that channel, you'll get a notification every time we get it, uh, we get it in. And uh, be sure to follow my uh, blog at PokerAdress.com. It's not really a blog; it's like my site. And uh, there, you know, there's all the interviews, there's all the photos of all the travels around the world, there's all the blogs. My last blog was about how all critics are hacks and how I can't stand French movies. A lot of people love it. You can go ahead and check it out. Uh, there's, you know, there's just a lot of like random stuff like that, which people seem to really enjoy because most poker players are cyborgs with no life. I guess I have carved a niche and there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff on that site. So be sure to check out pokerheadrush.com. Follow me on Twitter at the assassinato and, uh, yeah, I'll be sure to sign up for card runners. Uh, promo code free month, all capital letters. Get two months access to 2,000 plus videos for $30. And play with me on America's Card Room. And we got a deal for you guys where you can get free poker training if you sign up for America's Card Room through my link. What you got to do, you sign up through the link on this very site, on, this, on the very page that you downloaded this podcast from. You sign up, you, uh, you make a deposit. Make sure you sign up through my link. Don't redirect to yourself. We had a few people sign up, and I don't know what they did, but it wasn't under my affiliate. And then they were, or maybe they were just like, "Hey, I signed up for America's Card Room seven years ago. Could you please give me free stuff? <laughs> I've never played on it, right?" And uh, yeah, be sure to go in and uh, be sure to go in and make a deposit. Sign up. And then just send me an email at assassinatorcoaching@gmail.com, and write 
uh, write your sign-in name, your email address, and I think that's all we need. Oh, and also what webinar you want. You can get a free copy of You Flat Too Much, Dissecting the, uh, Dissecting the Dawn Bet, or That's a Check Raise Fool. And yeah, once we verify that you've deposited and you put it in, yeah, and just uh, we send you the webinar for free. And also, if you deposit and you play the, uh, if you play one of the Sunday Million tournaments uh, that we have going on in America's Card Room, we'll send you an additional one of these webinars for free. So be sure to sign up, uh, check it all out. And yeah, I think that's about it, Barry. Cool. Well, keep your questions coming in for Alex for the next show. And until then, cheers. Cheers! The Free Buy Super Series is back. From August 28th to September 6th, America's Card Room will host the Free Buy Super Series 2, where you can compete for your share of $150,000 guaranteed prize pool absolutely free. Every one of the 57 events in the Free Buy Super Series is free to enter with guaranteed prize pools starting at $500 and spiral all the way up to the $20,000 main event. Where else can you win a share of $150,000 prize pools without spending a penny. Visit americascardroom.com today.